0: Amen. 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 We have come indeed with open hearts. And the ancient of words, ancient word of grace, will impact us. Father, this is our heart desire. And we know that you have really prepared for us. And it shall be so that our lives will indeed never be the same again. And we shall be careful to return all the praises and glory back unto you. In Jesus' name we have prayed, amen. Amen. Again, our theme is um, the word of his grace. But our topic this morning is the word of his grace guarantees success. The word of his grace guarantees success. We take this from Acts chapter 20, 32. I read from the Amplified. And now, brethren, I commit you to God I deposit you in his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. And I commend you to the word of his grace, to the commands and counsels and promises of his unmerited favor. It is able to build you up and to give you your rightful inheritance among all God's set-apart ones, those consecrated and purified and transformed of soul transformed of soul so you say the word of God he commend us to God and then for God for God to keep us and then he said and he also commend us to the word of his grace now I'm talking about the word of his grace is that same all the commands, all the counsels and promises of his unmerited favor, the words as given to us based on what Jesus Christ did for us. And this word of his grace is able to build us up first. You have to be built up first. Your soul transformed. Then you will be able to begin to experientially as you put your faith in what you have heard to enjoy your rights and privileges. You know, the transformation is like that of a caterpillar that is chained into a butterfly. When it's in that form of caterpillar, it looks ugly. But the word of God builds you so strong, transforms your soul, and then you turn out to be that beautiful, you know, colored... Uh, Something that people will say, wow, this can only but be God. Acts 20:32, you know, in TPT says, And so now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of His grace, not just committing us into God's hands, but again, the word of His grace, which is all that you need to become strong. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace. There's no other way. Through the message of his grace, which he provides as the spiritual inheritance given to all of his holy ones. We know that Jesus died to give us this relationship with the Father. The Bible said so in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. That God made Christ who knew no sin to judicially be seen on our behalf so that in him, in Christ Jesus, if anyone be in Christ, if anyone has said yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior, in him we will become the righteousness of God just as if we've never seen before. That is, we will be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious, loving kindness. So we know that this has happened to as many of us as have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. We are now in in a right relationship with the Father. But the thing like we've been hearing this morning is that our minds need to be renewed to know what we have in our spirit. And it is the word of his grace that renews our minds so that we may be able to fully enjoy all our rights and privileges as children of God. Because if your mind is not renewed, you are as good as the unbeliever who is there, even though finally you will make heaven. But you will live like a pauper when your father is a king. Yet the Bible said that those of us that have received this abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, according to Romans 5.17, we are to reign in Christ by Jesus Christ. We are to reign in life. And when you reign in life, you reign over every issue, over every situation, over every circumstance. But then you need your mind to be transformed. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has what? Already been lavished, not just given, lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father. The father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All because what? He sees us wrapped into Christ, because we have made Jesus our Savior, because we have put our faith in Him. Second Peter chapter 1, three and four says, He, for His divine power, has bestowed upon who, upon us all things that are worth, requisite and suited for work, for life and for godliness. Through how the full personal, not my knowledge for you, but your own knowledge. The full personal knowledge of who? Of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. That is virtue. By means of this, he has bestowed on us what? His precious and exceedingly great promises. What is that? That's talking about the word of his grace. And it is that word of his grace that he gave He says, so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness. All these people that are people are running around pursuing helter-skelter. He said, but seek you first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Pursue the life of the Christ that you have. That is inside of you. He said, and all these things shall be added unto you. And he's a faithful father. When he said all these things shall be added, he meant every word of it. So by the time you begin to have that full personal revelation of Jesus, who is now your life. You begin to learn how to draw from inside of you what you already have. Because everything you have for life and godliness is already inside of you, deposited in you in Christ. If Christ is in you, all that made God God is in you. You're a carrier of God. So what? Do you, I don't think God lacks anything. But you carry God, so you don't lack anything. That's why you said that all those things have been lavished upon you. Because you are in Christ Jesus. So that you know, like God said, let there be. You could call things to order. You can bind things. You can cause things to death that needs to die. Because you are like God. Because we are the only ones informed in our image. Though we lost it, but in Christ Jesus, we have all those things back. When Jesus needed money to pay tax, he told Peter what to do you know how to do, because you have the spirit in you. The Bible said in First John 2 verse 20, you have the anointing in you and you know all things. And he said in verse 27, as that same anointing teaches you, just go ahead with that. Praise the Lord. He gave us his spirit to help us. First Corinthians chapter 2, 12 to 13 says, now we have received... You have received, if you are in Christ, I have received because I am in Christ. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we may know by the word of his grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit in you, so that you may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to you by God. You may know, understand, and have the ability to assess those things to your benefit, to your experiential benefit. And Paul said in verse 13, he said, we also speak of these things not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom. It's not based on human wisdom. It's got to be by the wisdom of God. So it is the word of God that transforms our lives. No matter how terrible your state or your situation is you got the word of God. You have the word of God. And thank God today, you have it in Bible form. You have it in uh, your, your phones. You can listen to audio. The Bible said, we need both. I mean, the Bible said in, a, in a Romans chapter 8, verse 9, if you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, you don't belong to him. And He said, but as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God, verse 14 of that Romans chapter 8. It is the spirit that quickens the flesh, profits nothing. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The word that you're hearing, the Bible you're carrying is not, it's not an ordinary book. It's full of power. When you deposit it here and you act on it by faith, a lot of things happen for us. Jeremiah said in the 10, 23, he said, Oh Lord, I know that the path of life of a man is not in himself. It is not within the limited ability of man, even one at, at his best, to choose and direct his steps in life. Jeremiah 10:23. It is not at all. If Jesus, while he was here, had to hear the Father and responded to how the Father was reading him, leading him in John 5:20, neither can we. And that's why he told us in John 15:5, apart from me, we can you can do nothing. And he is his, his word. He is not divided from his word. So John 1, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may what? Succeed and prosper and be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. That's the will of the Father for us. To prosper. To prosper both physically, spiritually, financially, materially, whatever. But then, that our prosperity depends on our soul prosperity. And the only thing that can prosper your soul is the word of God. The word of his grace. Is the word of his grace. <clears throat> we know that the flesh profits nothing. When we talk about the flesh, we mean your mind, will, and emotion based on human wisdom. And that's why God told us in Romans 12 to come, let me change the way you think so that you'll be able to think the way I think so that you'll be able to begin to prove for yourself in practical terms what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of the Father for you. So the only thing that, pr- that uh, prospers the soul is the word of God. James chapter 1 verse 21 says, therefore... Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive what? With meekness. You've got to be meek to receive, easy to be entreated. Just believe what the word says. With meekness, the implanted word, the word has to really be implanted in you. It's not just hearing, it has to really take root in you, which is able to do what? To save your soul. And when your soul prospers, then it's easy for you to prosper all around. And Second Corinthians chapter one, chapter three, verse eighteen says, and all of us, <clears throat> as with unveiled face, because we continued, is something you just have to continue. Hearing once is not enough. Because we continue to behold in the world. In the Word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, for Christ is the glory of the of God. We are what, constantly, whether you know it or not. So long as you're beholding, we are constantly being transfigured into His very own image. In ever increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is a spirit. Remember, we said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John six sixty three. You see, that's why God puts you know people in the church some you know fivefold ministries. We have teachers, we have pastors, and so on. And one of the things they do, as the Bible said in in Ephesians chapter four verse thirteen, it says, until. We'll continue beholding. we continue hearing and hearing until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. Manifesting his spiritual completeness. That's Ephesians 4 verse 13. So you see? It's only in Christ that you're complete. Your marriage is complete in Christ. Your business is complete in Christ. Your academics complete in Christ. Your health complete in Christ. And Christ and his word are not divided. So then we have to meditate on the word of God. Give time to the word of God. It is the word of God that will change our mind, that will prepare us for success because God will always bless his word. Psalm 1, 1 to 3 says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes. Nor stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sit down to relax and rest, Where the scornful and the mockers gather. Sometimes these uh, scornful and the mockers, they gather over some of the entertainments. You've got to be careful, mindful of where you relax and sit down to rest. Verse 2. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. Remember Paul, that I may know him. And his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he was... Habitually, it's now a habit. You can't stop him, you can't talk him out of it. It's now a habit. He habitually meditates, that is, think deeply or focus one's mind on. For a period of time. From time to time. Firmly planted and tended by the streams of water. Ready to bring forth its fruit in each season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither. And everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Awesome, awesome. Maturity. Wow. Everything. Everything he does. Everything she does. Shall what? we I like this. But the thing is that it takes something for this to happen. We're going to give the word of God what it takes. So that's why the Bible told us in 1 in, in Corinthians 14, 20, that we have to, we, we, we should not be children in understanding. We should be matured in our understanding. And 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, But have nothing to do with irreverence, folklore, and silly myths. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Keeping yourself spiritually fit. You have to, it's your job, your God-given responsibility to keep yourself spiritually fit. And that comes through studying, meditating on the word of God it takes discipline to do so because there are so many distractions out there. And your heart will tell you what you're doing that is not really helping you to be spiritually fit as God will have you. Verse eight, for physical training is of some value. All the joggings and the exercise we do is of some value. But the thing is, that I say, but godliness, spiritual training is of value in what? What? In everything and in every way. The U will say, in everything, since it holds promise for the present life, for the present life, whatever those needs are, for the present life and for the life to come. No wonder Paul told Timothy in, in First Timothy 4:13. So until I come be diligent in devouring in devouring the word of God be faithful in prayer and in teaching the believers be diligent in devouring the word of God and in 1 Timothy 4:15 he said meditate on these things give yourself entirely to them give yourself give it what it takes give yourself entirely to it to them, that your progress may be evident to all. It will not be hidden. Your, evident may, your progress may be evident to all, but it takes discipline. When we have all those things here dragging us, it takes discipline to say, no, I got to give attention to the word of God. No, I need to follow things based on God's instruction. And uh, we are encouraged in 2 Peter three eighteen. he said, but grow spiritually mature in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he is the world made flesh. Your growth is a process, but the result will always be evident to all. Mark chapter 4, 26, 28 says, then he said, the kingdom of God is like a man who throws seed on the ground. We're talking about the seed of the word of God. Just like you're seated here, the seed of the word of God is being planted in your heart. As you're studying the word of God, as you go to your various fellowship, the the seed of the word is being planted in you. Verse 27 says, and he goes to bed at night and gets up every morning. And in the meantime, the seed sprouts and grows. How he does this, he does not know. She doesn't know. Because the word of God is our life. The word of God acts. It does powerful things in your life. The earth produces cross by itself, first the blade, then the head of grain, then the mature grain in the head. You say, I didn't get here overnight, though I know I have not yet arrived. So I keep learning. And I am amazed at some of the revelations I keep getting. You know, and you know, the word of God is layers upon layers upon layers, but you have to give it time and attention and meditate on it for you to begin to, you know, have that, the revelation of those layers upon layers coming to you. You know, Jesus Christ died and gave us this uh, relation, beautiful relationship with the Father. But like every relationship, you need time to develop that relationship, You have to develop relationship with the Father, and the way to do so is by giving attention to his word, allowing his word to be implanted in your heart, give it what it takes, meditating on it. And you find out that as your relationship with him is growing, you begin to have deeper and deeper revelation and understanding of who you are in Christ, of what belongs to you in Christ, and how to really assess, harness those benefits to your own very advantage that you enjoy your inheritance in Christ. So the Bible said in Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, He said, My son, my daughter, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. The Bible said in James chapter 1, verse 22, 25, it said, We should be doers of the word. As we give the word attention, do it. Follow up with it, believe it, act on it. He said, because the person who is not a doer is like somebody that is just looking at himself in a mirror and turns and forgets whatever he saw. If there was a dot there, the person carries the dot and goes around. But it is the one that, it, that does, that gave it attention and does what he says, that reaps the benefit therein. Verse 2, for length of days and years of life worth living. How many of you want length of days and, and, and they, that's said long life worth living? I do, and I'm sure many of you here do. For length of days and years of life worth living and tranquility, that's peace, and prosperity, the wholeness of life's blessings, they will add to you. But remember, it takes discipline. Lent of days, a flourishing life, that's what it's going to offer to you. Hosea 4 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge of my law, where I reveal my will. Because you, the priestly nation, have rejected knowledge. We are, God, Jesus has made us priests and kings to our God in Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. So what God says is our issue is lack of knowledge. The word has been given. As you come for fellowship, home fellowship, yesterday it was awesome at family forum, Bible study, you know, RG meetings, uh, just rising gem meeting, men and women's meeting, God is unleashing his word. He is pouring out his word in every of our fellowship. But you have to be available to hear And then give it attention even while you're there. And take time to go through it again. Like, thank God today we have a lot of our messages online. You can listen as many times as you want. I am cooking in the kitchen a lot of times. I turn one on. I'm listening. Praise the Lord. That's what God says is the issue. Lack of knowledge. Because they they are not giving attention to the word of God. That is the answer to our, a lot of our, solution, our, our problems when you give attention to the word of God because everything you need lies in the word of his grace. Psalm one hundred seven twenty says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. He sent, is already a pastor and said, don't do, Jesus is the word God sent to us and he gave us the word of his grace. So we are, it's our job to now give attention to what we already have. Feed your spirit man. The food of the spirit is the word of God. And when you stay to hear, be teachable. He said in Proverbs chapter 12, 1 to 3, to learn the truth, you must long to be teachable or you can despise correction and remain ignorant. As we are hearing the word of God today, you know your state in your relationship with fellowshipping with the word of God, meditating on the word of God. Verse 2 says, If your heart is right, favor flows from the Lord. If your heart is right, favor flows from the Lord. But a devious heart invites his condemnation. The one that is roaming here and there is not really giving time to the Word of God. Verse 3 You can't expect success by doing what is wrong, by not giving attention to the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, responding to the Word of God as you hear his instructions. But the lives of his lovers are deeply rooted and firmly planted. Proverbs 28, verse 9 says, He who turns away his ear from hearing the Lord, that's the word of his grace, even his prayer is an abomination, hateful, and revolting to God. Because God will always respond to his word. He doesn't respond to human wisdom, he responds to his word. Psalm 119, verse 165 says, uh, Great peace have they who love your Lord. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. Great peace. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. All the guilty conscience that people have, you don't know that those things lead to a lot of sickness. It aggravates your health. You don't want to get there. God doesn't want us to live in sin consciousness. He told us what, we do, what to do. And everything we need to do is already in his word. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 25, says, while men slept, the enemy sowed thirst. When we are complacent, not giving attention to the word of God, thinking we can get by without it, that's when the devil comes and sows a tear. And a lot of times you find people giving so much attention to the word of God, now fellowshipping, doing all that they needed to do when storms of life hit them. But God doesn't want us to wait until storms hit us. Our senior pastor will normally tell us, don't wait to learn how to swim when you're drowning. Go ahead and learn how to swim before this drowning type part comes so that that way you'll be able to be prepared to save yourself. Proverbs 18, 14 says, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. The strong spirit. Remember, it is the word of his grace that builds your, 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 your spirit strong. But a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up a bear? The spirit of a man sustains him in sickness. Say, but a broken spirit, who can bear it? We are spirit, soul, and body like we were reminded this morning. And the food of the spirit is the word of God. Each we need to be strong in our spirit man. And it is the word of God that feeds our spirit man. <clears throat> So through fellowshipping with the word of God, our minds are renewed and we learn to think as God thinks and that handles our emotions that runs radically a lot of times and that helps us to act the way God will have us act because the word of God will teach us the way to act. The word of God is a lamb to our feet and a light to our paths and 119 verse 105 and 130 says the entrance, that is the hearing and the hearing and the hearing of the word of God unfolding and giving you revelation the knowing of that word. That's what produces light. That's an understanding of how to get about whatever issue. So they are unfolding gives understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. That is, if you don't know what to do, the the entrance of his word, he gives you light. And all scriptures are given for us. For and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That is a 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. And the reason all those scriptures are given is that the man of God may be complete, lacking nothing. That the man of God may be complete, that the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10 says, And you are in him, made full and having complete, come to fullness of life in Christ, You too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and rich, full spiritual stature in Christ Jesus. So everything that made God God is in you. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So you see, the word of his grace needs to be desired more than gold. It needs to be desired more than gold. It's sweeter than honey. You see that in Psalm 1910. And in keeping his word... There's so much reward, Psalm 1911. His word is an incorruptible seed and it endures forever. First Peter 1:25. His word has been tested and refined like silver. It can be trusted, it can be depended upon. Proverbs 35. His word has been tested and tried. Jesus has been tried and came out glowing. and that's why you and I are here today. Psalm 1930. He's a shield to all those who take refuge and put their trust in him. Psalm eighteen thirty. Anything you ask according to his word, it gets his attention. It brings the answer. But you have to know that word for yourself. You can't add or remove from his word. The Bible says so in Proverbs 30, verse 6. His word never returns to him void. Isaiah fifty five ten 10 to 11. His word never changes. Hebrews 13 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and his word will never pass away. It must have to accomplish that for which he sent it. But the thing is that you have to believe it. You have to act in faith. Mark 13 31, he has magnified his word above all his name, Psalm 138 verse 2. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 29 says that uh, and. Also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent, for he is not a man that he should lie. He should relent. He is not a man that he should lie. That's Numbers 13, uh, 23, 19. He's God who cannot lie, Titus 1, 2. You need to know all these things so that when challenges hit you, you know that the word of God is infallible. Hebrews 6, 18 says that God, it is impossible for God to lie. He said in Isaiah 45:22 to 24 Look to me and be saved all you ends of the earth for I am God and there is no other I have sworn by my name by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that to me every knee shall bow whatever knee that is whatever sickness has a knee whatever problem has a knee Whatever it is has a need. That to me every knee shall bow. That they bow to his word. That is spoken out in faith. That is believed. Every tongue shall take an oath. He shall say, surely in the Lord I have, I have righteousness and strength. To him men shall come and all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him. All shall be ashamed who don't believe his word. Who think it's, your word, it's just the word of God is God himself. The devil knows that we are all, you know, faced with a lot of uh, pressures here and there that stresses us, and, uh, you know, any how he can get you off from not giving attention to the word of God, he will make you so powerless, unprotected, dissatisfied, and in constant state of confusion and frustration. He will use those things, those stresses and pressures to get you to think that you don't have time for the word of God. But you must not, you must not give him room. Do not give him room. First Peter chapter 1, 14 to 15 says, as obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. The way to shape your life is verse 15. Instead, shape your lives to become like the Holy One who called you. Shape your life through his word. You are better off doing that. Some people say do things and they get away with it because they are not paying attention to the word of God. They are not living based on the word of God. But Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 11 says, when a crime is not punished quickly, people feel it is safe to do wrong. But even though a person sins a hundred times and still lives a long time, I know that those who fear God will be better off. Amen? Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 12, 12, verse 11 says Now all discipline seems to be painful at, this, at the time, yet later it will produce a transformation of character. You know, your character will take you somewhere. You can have a gift without character, which is developed by the Word of God. That your gift can destroy you. It will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. So, you wake up early because you want to give time to study the Word of God because you, uh, before you go to work. It's a discipline. You want to go to bed early so that you'll be able to wake up early enough to be able to study the Word. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. It might be painful to the flesh now, but there's a great reward later on. Amen? Amen? So you have to, on your own, cut off those dead works that are interfering in your time, hindering you from giving attention to the word of God. I remember there was a time I was too busy that it was too difficult for me to study the Word of God. And my soul was being famished. I remember at the time when we would come for family fellowship in my my family, I would easily doze up. Sometimes my husband would touch me and say, Kim, what's wrong with you? And I would struggle and say, God, help me. I want to study the Word of God. Help me. But I was still constantly, by the end of the day, I was totally knocked off. I was totally tired. Until one day, I got so angry. I said, God, this has to change. Something must be wrong. He said, give attention to my word. I said, but that's what I want to do. He said, give attention to my word. You have to lay your hands on something. I will bless the works of your hands. So I, ha- I, I woke up every morning. I will pick up the word of God. I will start studying. By the time I, I, I started with John chapter 1. By the time I go through verse 1, verse 2. It would look like I have spent 10 hours. Yes, it, ha- it was only five minutes. So, you know, and I will give up and I will keep it out. Then at a point, I said, even if I dozed off studying verses one and two, I'm going to go back to it again. Sometimes I will stand up and I'll start reading it out. It was a fight of faith. And then I was asking God to help me. I kept at it and kept at it and kept at it and kept at it until finally it became part and parcel of me. And then I began to enjoy and I began to get so much revelation that now I don't even have enough time now. I am looking for time. I am now so much enjoying the word of God. So it's a battle because the devil will fight you there, but you have to give it what it takes. Jesus has already won our battle in Christ Jesus, but we have to cooperate with him to really enjoy what he has died to give us. The Bible said that God causes us to triumph always in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. In Christ Jesus, Colossians 2, 3 says, in him, all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. They are stored up and lie hidden. Everything about your life is package sealed, delivered in Christ Jesus. Stored up and lie hidden in Christ. And Christ is in you. So you need time to dig it out. You need to give it what it takes to dig that revelation out. And it's all embedded in the word of God. That's why the word of God is a mirror that mirrors to you what is really on the inside of you. Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 1, 1 to 3, said that God spoke to us in time past through our fathers. And then verse 2 says that, you know, he he has in these last days spoken with finality to us in the person of one who is by his character and nature his son, namely Jesus, whom he appointed here and lawful owner of all things. Jesus is a appointed her and lawful owner of all things. And then verse 3 says, and then it says, whom he has appointed her and lawful owner of all things, through whom also he created the universe. That is, the universe as a space-time matter continuum. Verse 3. The Son is the radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God. And that expression is all over the Bible. The word of his grace. Reflecting God's shekinah glory, the light being, the brilliant light of the divine, an exact representation and perfect imprint of his father, of his father's essence. And upholding and maintaining and propelling all things, the entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word. It is by the word of his grace that is he's, he's upholding all things, including you and I. It is by the word of his grace. Nothing else. Carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal. Carrying your life along to its predetermined goal. Carrying your marriage along to his predetermined goal. Carrying your academics along to his predetermined goal. Whatever it is. It is by the word of his grace. So you can't run away from the word of his grace. If you do you will become a means me to the devil. So when you give attention to his word, you enter into his red, know that the job has been done from the foundations of the earth. So it's so very important that we allow the word of God to permeate inside every core of our being and guide and direct whatever we are doing in life. A wasted life is a life that is lived without fulfilling God's destiny for your life. And everything that you need to fulfill God's destiny is in the word of his grace. So, we are told to study the word. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth. Study to show yourself approved unto God. 2 Timothy two fifteen, And Joshua 1, verse 8. If you're really, really hungry for the word, go ahead and feed. What do you do when you're hungry for food? You get food and you eat food. You want somebody to bend your mouth and get you to eat? No. The word has been made available everywhere. Even as I'm speaking, like I said, the word is being made available to you. Jesus said in John 6:35, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will what? Never. What does the word never mean? Never, never. not at all. At any time. No will never be hungry. And the one who believes in me as Savior will never at any time be thirsty. For that one will be sustained spiritually by the word of his grace, which is that spirit, the word of his grace. He is a good shepherd. And like a good shepherd, he feeds us to overflowing. He feeds us so sumptuously Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall, not, I shall not lack. If you lack, you're hungry. It means you're not feeding. All I need is a revelation of what has already been made available to me. And that's what Paul's prayer is full of, that, you, that, that, that your eyes of understanding will be illuminated. God cannot lie. He's a good shepherd. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. The family forum yesterday was a still and restful water. We were just hearing something that was just cooling us, helping us to know how to run life. As you, Sunday school, we had broadcast saying that his life is radically transformed home fellowship, and each time God feeds us, there has never been a pastor who prepared and is able to finish whatever he or she prepared, because God feeds us so sumptuously. And even at our meetings, we'll be telling, okay, it's time now, okay, now, now, only okay, one minute more, because he will always give us to overflowing. He said, um, uh, verse 3, he refreshes and restores my life, myself, through his word. His word produces joy. I remember Jeremiah fifteen sixteen that we said, Your words we have found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. And that joy of the Lord is our strength. That joy is not dependent upon the happenings around us. The people of the world look for things to happen that will give them joy before they become joyful. But the, that joy swells from within us because Christ is our life. That joy is one of the elements in the fruit of the Spirit. And that's why he, he, he told us in, a, in a Proverbs chapter 17, 22. He said, A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. And that joy is already in you, in us, if you have Jesus. That's why the best place to be is in the house of God. In fact, I listened over the television, a team of doctors that were saying that those people, faith people, who fellowship regularly, that they live longer than those who don't fellowship regularly. What is that telling you? Because as you're hearing the word of God, the word of God, the Bible says, calls, it's a medicine. Jesus called the word of God, bread for healing for children. As you're hearing the word of God is doing a lot of things in you that you don't see. Remember we said that he doesn't even know what is going on. As long as you keep feeding on the word of God, the word of God is doing something tremendous in your life. And that's why God encouraged us in Hebrews chapter 10, 25, that we should not forsake the gathering of ourselves together. Because a lot goes on as we gather together. Philippians 4 says, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. In every season of life, whatever it is. Why? Because you have what it takes to be cheerful, to be joyous. Because your joy is inside of you. The Lord who is your source is a faithful shepherd. And he keeps supplying. He said, he leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Because he is my righteousness. Verse 4, saying, yes, though I walk through the valley, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Remember, you know, you know his, his eyes are not hidden away from you. The Bible said in uh, Psalm 139, verse 12, that darkness and light are the same before him. Nothing is hidden in, from the eyes of the one that we have to deal with. And then the, the, the Bible also said in, first, in John chapter 1, verse 5, He said, and the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out or absorbed it or appropriated it, and is unreceptive to it. That light will show you way to come out of whatever dark valley that you find yourself, because he is the light himself, and is in you. He said, your rod... To protect, that is his word gives you wisdom to know how to, not to overcommit yourself that will bring stress upon your life, how to make wise decisions. And your staff to guide, he helps you to make wise decisions that prevents you from having had I known later on. He so said, they comfort me, he's called the God of all comforts. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3. His word comforts you. So, whatever you need, you find it from the word. He said, You know, uh, who redeems, you know, uh, uh, that says Psalm 103, 3 to 5 says, uh, He forgives all our sins, our iniquities. He heals each one of all our diseases. That's the healer is in you. Who, Who redeems your life from the pit and corruption? Who beautifies you, dignifies you? That's Psalm 103. AMPC. Dignifies you. So there's that dignity, that aura around every child of God that is genuinely committed to him. There's that sweet aura around you. You might not know it, but people around you know it. He said, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation We good, whatever is your age, he satisfies your youth." Adapt that your personal age you know, with, you know, or situation with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagle, strong, overcoming, and soaring. So the things that will cause stress to the people of the world will not cause stress to you because you're being fed by the word of his grace. And uh, it, 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 the Bible said in a Romans 8, verse 11, if that spirit that raised Jesus, if, that is, if that spirit is operative in you, You allow that spirit to guide you, to direct you. He said that same spirit will quicken your mortal bodies and supply life to every dead areas of your life. Remember, you know, uh, Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23 says that that word, his word, will produce healing. Proverbs chapter 4, you know, he said, verse 20, listen carefully, my dear child to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap, as you get understanding or revelation of my word, a knowing of my word, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart. Guard what you allow inside your heart. Don't just allow anything any form of entertainment, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, what you allow to go in there. Whatever is growing in you is dependent upon what you allow to be implanted in you, or maybe someone else is planting, but you are still the one who allows it. Galatians chapter 6, 7, and uh, uh, 8 says, God will never be more. for what you plant will always be the very thing that you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that you' planted. If it is a seed of the word of God, it will produce a good harvest. But if it is a seed from the world, it is going to be detriment to you. So only God's word can go places where no man can go. That's why the Bible, the word of God, is not an ordinary book. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. So even if there's anything happening to you, speak the word of God to that issue. That word is alive and active. Praise the Lord. So it's important that we give attention to the word of God, submit to the word of God. You have to submit first before you can resist the devil. Remember that you know, if you're not submitting to the word of God, binding the devil is just a waste of time. He'll just be laughing at you and say, Paul I know, Jesus I know, who are you? And you don't wanna get there. It's important that we prioritize the word of God. We prioritize the word of God. He said in verse six, Sorry the same part of verse 5 we say you you anoint my head with oil remember we said already in first john chapter 2 20 27 you have the anointing in you it say my brimming cup runs over that is part of you know, verse 5 of that you know psalm 23 my brimming cup brim that's your is already to the brim but it's running over he says so much to say at our meetings it's running over And he said, surely, our only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life, and through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Is that your goal? That is my goal, living in the consciousness of the greater one in me, living in the consciousness of the Father that I'm a child of God, that he has assured me in Hebrews chapter 13, Five to six, say, let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, co- uh, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God Himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. It is by the word of his grace. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on. You say, assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? God is good to those who believe that God is good to them. Psalm 91, verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. You have to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Feed on the word of his grace. Feed on the word of his grace. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Our Father, we thank you for your word. We are grateful to you. We know that we will do by your grace and our lives will never be the same again. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.